Greetings, everyone. It is now time for Mark Safe, tales of your very favorite and most beloved man-made disasters. On Mark Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly. And now, here with your hosts, Brianne and Melanie, this is Mark Safe. I missed you. I missed you so much, and you sound a hell of a lot better. <laughs> uh, we could have had a horrible episode. I saw... I, I, I tried to record last week. I know, and I saw that you told a horrible ghoul that I was mean to you. Yeah, I sent you some audio recordings um, so you could use your own judgment. You sounded like you. shit. Telling you, see, you're mean to me, telling you that we could um, try to get a weird afternoon recording in, depending on your thoughts on my voice, and you were not impressed. You were like this. Spooky season's over. No. (laughs) My Halloween decorations aren't down, so no, it's not. Oh, yeah, they're still up. Yeah, they are. Um, I think we're going to go straight from Halloween to Christmas decor-wise. My Christmas stuff's almost completely up. Of course it is. I'm very <sighs> excited. Well, I didn't know what to do. I missed you. I got had to keep myself busy. <laughs> I do think we're going to do it early this year. Um, things are a little weird. Like I, we talked about last week, we usually put up our tree right after Thanksgiving dinner. We were going to do a small Thanksgiving get together with just my immediate family, like including our whole family. It would have been seven people Mm -hmm. who were already in some degree of contact with, but uh, I don't know. We got to thinking about it and I was just like, this is, this is not really responsible. (laughs) We need to not. So we're not. And I think we are going to go ahead and put up the tree early and I don't want to fill that gap with like weird decor on my shelves so i'm just leaving halloween up till christmas goes up oh i love it yeah we normally we go to arkansas um we have thanksgiving with aunt carolyn and aunt veda but covid watched that like there's just yeah she is um aunt veda and aunt carolyn are like the most important people in my whole entire lives and i could never ever do anything to you know, jeopardize that. They must be protected at all costs. At all cost. Oh, uh, I don't know if I told you, your Aunt Carolyn friended me on Facebook. <gasps> oh, she's so, the best. I love I her so much. I guess you could say I'm stealing your whole family now. One of these days, I'm going to have to show you her. Um... Oh, my gosh, I'm having a brain fart. I want to say it's JCPenney's. Is it JCPenney's or is it Sears? I don't, I, they're interchangeable to me. It's an old school catalog, but um, they have, she still has it. I think it's from like the 70s, maybe. But there's like a full on model there that um, his dick's hanging out of his boxers. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> and they printed it. And, you know, obviously that's like way before like the internet and all that stuff. So it was water cooler talk, like. Every woman, like, ran to get this catalog, and she still has it, and it's the freaking best. 
Why is your family so cool? Her house is like a museum. It's my children's happy place because she's just, she's real big into music and she's got like this one room that's nothing but like autographs from like the Pointer Sisters and like Roy Orbison. I mean, it's like top to bottom. She goes to all the blues festivals. Aunt Carolyn's really, it's, I'm telling you, between Aunt Carolyn and Aunt Beta, there's no like, they're like right there with each other. Man, well. It's love overload. I'm just going, if you become incapacitated, I'm just going to slide your whole family into this podcast and I'll, I'll bring Aunt Veda and Aunt Carolyn and Ava and uh, (laughs) we can, the show will go on. I'm telling you, how about the first time we meet, you should come to um, the lake in hot springs and that's where she will go out on the boat um we'll like dig around in the dirt for like some cool gems there's lots of gems it's really pretty out there i'm really really sad i've been struggling with missing thanksgiving but (sighs) yeah it sucks yeah it fucking covid fuck you covid fuck you covid fuck you and then I was like really scared because I thought you had COVID, but it no, wasn't COVID. COVID. No, I I know exactly where this came from. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, the person who gave it to us already had a negative COVID test. But it doesn't matter this year. Like, th- that's what I keep trying to tell people is it doesn't matter if it's COVID. You don't want to have a respiratory virus right now. Well, it, because it's it's like you scratch your arm and then go walking through a zombie apocalypse and trying to convince people it's not a zombie bite. Right. And then it freaks me out too cuz it's like I get worried about like I don't want to double dip. I don't want to like get covid and then like no, something else on top of it. Yeah. It it, it just freaks me out. Yeah, I'm know. a little stressed about flu season. Flu season honestly kind of freaks me out. Like even on a normal year. <laughs> Yeah, I totally got my flu shot at Walmart the other day. It was so weird. I was like, "How did? Why was it weird?" It's just weird going to Walmart and getting a flu shot in front of everybody. Yeah. I usually get mine at Target. It's this is my uh, first uh, shopping center medical ah. experience. Um, See, you should have gone to Target. They give you a gift card. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, I'm trying to spread the gospel about this. It seems that no one knows it. You get like a $5 Target gift card if you get your flu shot there. Well, that's a fucking bummer. I wish uh-huh. I would have known that before. I mean, I'm out now. I mean, the only yeah. good thing about the Walmart thing was that they did it really close to the Christmas section. So <laughs> I had shiny stuff to look at. Well, that's something. Yeah. That's a consolation. I really did miss you, though. I didn't know what to do with myself. I just, like, we got an email from another listener. Yeah. Okay, um, I am just, my my next goal for this podcast is to get enough emails from people that we can do, like, short, um, like, listener do, email episodes. Yes, I would love to do, like, some sort of mini-sode. That would yes. be awesome. And I just, I just want people to send us in stories that they think we would like to hear. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even I mean, care if, if they're if it's true. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I care a little, but not that much. She cares. Um, I don't care. Don't listen to her. <laughs> I mean, if it's on theme and it's about a disaster, then, I mean, click send even faster. But if you just want to tell us, like, your family gossip. 
Oh, we'll I love the names. gossip. Yes, Long tell me, form tell me family some gossip. gossip. See, mm. yes. Um, okay, so tell us some gossip. We can change names. Um, tell us a spooky story. Tell us something. Just, I mean, whoever you are, you're probably our target demographic. So tell us the funny story that you would want to tell your best friend because we're your best friend. Mm-hmm. And we are dying to put together a mini-sode. Yes, yes. So, yeah. So this, um, we got an email from Haley and, uh, she, she's really drawn to, um, fire disasters, which we haven't really covered. I know I said I was, I said that we were going to, I was going to do the Hartford circus fire, but there's still like a lot of work on that. Um, but it was really cool. She made like a, a really like comprehensive list of fire disasters, but next to it, she put all the fucking books that she's read. Oh, my God. See, I Haley, love it. You are our target audience. Haley's the best. So since we didn't get to record last week, that's what I've been doing. I just blew through one of her recommendations and it's amazing. And it's going to be my next episode. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. But Haley, in two weeks, your episode's going to be out. Okay, so Haley, since you already know how to email us and you are clearly our exact target audience, send us some more stuff. Yeah. Tell us a story. Tell it. Spill the tea, Haley. Yeah. And then tell your friends to send us stuff, too. Yes. Yes. I don't even care if they listen. Just tell us some stuff. We want to hear. We want to know. (laughs) I'm really excited about it. I'm very sincere about this. I really want to (laughs) know. I'm nosy as fuck, too. (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right. You ready for disaster? I am so ready for disaster. I'm looking at various disasters on my disaster corner right now. Oh, did I ever tell people about my disaster corner? I don't think so. And it needs to be put out into the universe because it's the coolest thing ever. Oh yeah. Real quick. Um, I record upstairs in my bedroom, which is an attic bedroom. And I recently spruced it up a little up here, put some Frank Moth prints up here, thanks to Melanie. We love Frank and Moth. I'm stealing her family and her style. <laughs> I'm I'm stealing her McLife. Um, did you just say McLife? <laughs> I did. Please tell me you get that Grey's Anatomy callback. No. Someone you will. You <laughs> finally got me on a pop culture reference. Someone will. <laughs> There's something bananas going right now with... Grey's Anatomy. It's all I keep seeing on timelines. I don't understand you. Yeah, I don't either. I had I I did stop watching, but I was diehard back in the day. <laughs> People are going fucking crazy over something that's going on in Grey's Anatomy. So oh, I don't know. Man. Maybe I'm gonna have to start watching it. I just finished um, Hill House and Bly Manor, and now I'm having like a real bad TV hangover. You watch scary stuff? Okay, I just posted about the Snare Mom group the other day. Don't let me forget. I'm talking about my disaster corner before we record. Um. No, normally no, but um, Eric really, really wanted to watch Bly Manor, and I was extremely resistant to it, and then he basically just, like, held me down and made me one day. I haven't watched that one yet, so don't spoil nothing. I won't. Have you seen Hill House? Oh, yeah, and read the book. The only thing I will tell you is that it is a lot less scary than Hill House. Yeah, I Um, watched Hill House when Cody, I, I was in Colorado, and Cody was traveling to louisiana and 
that's the mo- that's the show that we watch together. We you know how like oh, me and yes. you when we're when we're we're recording and we clap our hands to start. Yes. Cody and I would do that. He'd be in Louisiana and I would be in Colorado and we would do that to watch Hill House. Anyways, that's I keep adorable. interrupting you. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. Well, what I was telling you is that it turns out I actually just hate gore. <laughs> it's not the spooky stuff that I don't like. It's having to just constantly like try to avoid seeing somebody get, you know, slashed or get their head cut off or something. I I truly don't want to see that like it does not bring me any kind of happiness whatsoever but eric had looked up uh by manor and there was like a goro meter and it said that it's there's not a drop of blood completely bloodless um so i was brave and i watched it and i loved it and then we watched hill house uh which was much to me and i think most people much more like atmospherically scary but still not gory so yeah i loved it right i think there's like a difference between because like with scary movies like there's terror and there's horror Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yes i would be fine with something that never has a drop of blood and everybody's body parts stay on them (laughs) if i could know that i would definitely enjoy spooky stuff anyway back to disaster corner so there is a little Oh, I guess it must be some kind of support pillar. It's not really a little. It's it's like a square that's like two feet on every side. And it goes up next to the computer where I record. So I got a letterbox. And there's also a, a little, um, you know, like one of those pass-through windows above it. Not a window to the outside, like a window to the next room. Um, so I put a letterbox up there that says marked safe. And then on the wall next to me, on the top, I have a roller coaster blueprint framed. And then I have mini clipboards with pictures from different disasters that we've covered um covering the wall so i'm looking over and i i see costa concordia and the coliseum explosion and the dam collapse and the faithway drive sinkhole and it's it's fun it's so i mean it's horrific but it is fun i wonder if you're up to it you should share on social i think people would really dig it it's so cool it's so freaking cool i'll send it to you tonight Yay! <laughs> I love it okay. so much. I what need a space your... like that. Yes, you do. I highly. Well, I mean, aren't you recording in an actual demon loft? Uh, no, I've switched rooms. Oh, you know, you? I just started thinking like this weird thing has happened where um, since I've lived here, I've recorded in a different room every time. That's weird. Probably shouldn't tell the audio guy that. <laughs> Probably shouldn't. <laughs> He, he hasn't complained about erratic audio quality, but I'm sure he will now, now that he's got a reason to. <laughs> okay, okay, what is your disaster? All right, so. I'm very excited. I'm very, I'm very hyper tonight. I'm hyper too. Well, we miss, we miss to each other. You. It's been a long time. Like, we actually <laughs> like each other. We do. Um. So sometimes, you know, I do this, Um. but for everybody else, sometimes uh, when episodes come up, I like to pre-plan a little bit. Um, I'll look at the calendar. I'll see when my episode drops, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And that's how I ended up with, uh, now that we had to push things back due to my illness, that's how I ended up with an assigned topic for next week. <laughs> I'm really excited to assign you that because I didn't want to do it because I thought it, I've never done a compilation before. You've never done a compilation? No. Oh, oh I, wait, I did Pokemon. I take it You back. did. Yeah. But it's Pokemon. Get those feet wet. Compilations are Fun, fun, fun. I just know you're going to crush this one. I will. Pun intended. <laughs> um, so 
I did that with this episode um, that it was supposed to be recorded the week before. So we're actually a week past the anniversary date of this particular disaster. But in the words of Brianne, it's never too late. (laughs) So (laughs) this particular disaster, it really piqued my interest um, for a number of reasons. Um, What initially sucked me in was that this 1979 disaster it actually held the record for the largest peacetime evacuation in North America until Hurricane Katrina hit in here in Louisiana in 2005. Oh, wow. So it like immediately felt like, oh, that's like a connection, you know? Yeah. So I was like, I really want to dig into this a little bit more. So t- today we are going to Canada. Okay. Really what bad ex- shit happened in Canada? Oh my gosh. This is probably going to be the most wholesome disaster episode ever. <laughs> I'm serious. Okay. Like, gosh, I really want to go to Canada. Wow. I really want to. They just, they're all so nice. I mean, even when researching about a Canadian disaster makes you want to go there, that, that speaks well for Canada. It's true. And Speaking then, of which, I hope Canada's proud of us. We kind of did the right thing this this month. We had <laughs> half, emotional half support Canadians in our mom I group. Know, they were the I best. <laughs> we need them. I I hope we made you proud, Canada. Oh, <laughs> I hope the Canadians like my episode today. Okay. Too. Okay. So I've never been in Canada, and I don't know much about Canada. Other I've been than Canada. You've been? I've been, yes. I grew up in Michigan. The person that never goes anywhere has been to Canada. Yes. We would just pop up to Canada sometimes. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never been there. So I'm going to dive into just a little bit of history. Um, because given what happens um, in my disaster it and how it's handled, it's definitely important in my opinion. So... Mississauga is the sixth largest city in Canada, neighboring Toronto on Lake Ontario. It has a marina, over 500 parks, and is also home to a bustling economy. Mississauga is culturally diverse with over 50% of the population born outside of Canada, and it has long been held in the running as one of Canada's safest cities. Wow. Yeah, imagine that. By Canada standards. By Canada standards, you can have, you know, people that aren't born in your country and still have a safe place to live. No shit. No shit. Wow. So, yeah. So Mississauga is actually also a very young city. The city was created by amalgamation of towns Mississauga, Port Credit, and Streetville, and it was incorporated as a city in 1974. So, yeah, Mississauga is a Gen X like me. (laughs) So I'm going to take a quick detour because I did one of those things again where I went down a rabbit hole. Okay. Um, Can we talk about maps for a minute? Sure. Because I was thinking, I'm like, well, the city was made in 1974 and then when you did your Centralia, Pennsylvania episode and it got like wipe their zip code got taken away i'm like man 
maps are like always evolving and it's like it's not something i ever really considered no i guess i hadn't either oh by the way speaking of my centralia um episode uh sherry from our mom group notified me that i mispronounced a couple cities <laughs> uh, i don't know which ones uh, i mean i could look but i'm not i'm sorry sorry sherry <laughs> yeah <laughs> well finally it's you <laughs> I, I'm sure we'll get that for this this episode. I told because... her I feel like when we get people correcting our city pronunciation, that that's how we know we've arrived as a podcast. <laughs> I literally spent the better part of two days trying to say Mississauga the right way. It was yeah, really a struggle for me. me. <laughs> that has been a factor in whether I picked episodes a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> so I fell down like a whole day rabbit hole about maps and uh so it's not a total waste of my time i'm just gonna insert it into this episode have you ever heard of paper towns no they sound spooky though don't they so paper towns is basically a fucked up way to catch map forgers and plagiarizers what the fuck yeah it's because i guess like people why would you want to forge a map I don't know. It was a thing. It was a really big problem. Um, So some cartographers, and I hope I'm saying that right, the people that design and make the maps. I think you're saying that right. They would include fake towns on their maps or paper towns so that if a competitor happened to include them in their maps as well, there would be grounds for a copyright lawsuit. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. So there were towns like Whitewall, California, Relicent, Florida, and Aglo, New York. All of them fake. But in the case of Aglo, New York, the fake town was named by cartographer partners Otto G. Lindbergh and Ernest Alpers, Alpers, and they were shuffling their initials around. That's how they came up with the name Aglo. <laughs> Which is like some shit my kids would do, not to name shame or anything, but I'm, it's just a weird way to name a fake town. So when they saw their town Aglo on a Rand McNally map, they immediately thought they had hit the jackpot. Their excitement was short lived and a lawsuit would not come to fruition because, in a hilarious twist of fate, someone saw Aglo on Otto and Ernest's original map. And decided to build the Aglo General Store at that very intersection, literally putting it on the map for real. Oh my god! Isn't that fucking hilarious? I love that. That just like I'm glad that's in my brain now. <laughs> like, oh, there's I've never seen this town. Let me just build a general store. What? That's so funny, right? That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I love that. Do you know, um, not do you know, do you like jigsaw puzzles? I love jigsaw puzzles. Originally, puzzles were only maps. Did you know that? No. In 18th century, maps would be mounted on hardwood and cuts would be, a ma- would be made around the national boundaries. And it was basically a teaching tool for geography class. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they called it a jigsaw, but they didn't actually use a jigsaw to cut the wood. It was a different one, but it just kind of stuck. You are killing it with the fun trivia tonight. Yeah, I think I have one more. Okay, 
this one is the last one. Because this one really fucked me up and was probably the reason why I felt the need to put it in here to see if maybe anybody else had this happen to them. You could like write and let me know. (laughs) But you know me, I'm not very bright. So no, Melody. (laughs) I found this, (laughs) I found this really cool National Geographic article called Why Your Mental Map of the World is probably wrong. Oh, is this about the size of like Africa? Oh, it's everything. It's crazy. So it's super fascinating. And I'll I'll post the whole article on social media. I won't leave everyone hanging because it is really long and the whole thing is super good. Um, I just don't want to open that can of worms because I'll be on maps all night. Um, but like the beginning of this article, it like, it really kind of messed me up and I've really been like actively trying to fix this in my brain and I can't seem to make it work because it just won't. So I'm just going to read it to you. It says, most of us have a rough map of the world in our minds that we use anytime we think about places, but these mental maps aren't necessarily reliable. In fact, many of the maps in our head share the same errors, some of which are quite large and surprisingly resistant to correction. For instance, we all know that South America is south of North America, of course, but you may be surprised by the fact that virtually the entire South American continent is east of Florida. What? Yeah. I, when I read this fucking thing, I just sat there all dumb, rereading it over and over and over. I was like, what the fuck is this? I swear what I probably... Else? Tell me more. That's the only one I am, like, messed me up. I didn't want to put all of it in there. <laughs> I don't want everyone to judge me. But I seriously sat there and was like, I had to get up and look at a map. And still in my brain, it's like, South America is just like South. Wow. Not East of Florida. Does your, is your brain doing that too? Yes. I mean, if you want to feel smarter here, I like struggle with understanding where Alaska is. So Alaska, I can get cause my, my other aunt lives there. Um, the other aunt Carolyn and, Aunt Veda's sister. I have an, uh, my Aunt Pat. She lives up in Alaska, too. So that one I can get. But the whole South America thing just. And I look at the map a lot because, you know, Cody's been down to Suriname and stuff with work. And so it's just, I don't know. My brain doesn't want to do it. You guys will have to let me know. Where is a South America in your mental map? South. But is it South. east of Florida? <laughs> is it east of Florida? I don't... It I is don't, in real I life. Know. I don't know. Uh, you're hurting me, Melanie. Brand. You're hurting me in the brain. My brain was messed up for a, like, a while. <sighs> I was been sitting on this lonely in my <laughs> geography. You, you know you can text me, Melanie. <laughs> I know. I just... You're... I'm going to mess with your brain when you're trying to like recover from an illness. That seems cruel. <laughs> That's fair. Well, there you go. All right. So I'll get back to it. So 1974, newly formed city of Mississauga. 
Mississauga is part of a two-tier municipal structure. The region of Peel, which consists of cities Mississauga, Brampton, I think it's Kildun, Caledon, I'm not sure, apologies. Um, they provide services like water, waste, and public housing. The city Mississauga itself provides services like recreation, transit, and fire. So in 1978, just four years after being incorporated as a city, Mississauga would get its first female mayor. That's pretty quick for a new city, if you ask me. Yeah, I like it. Hazel McCallion, a.k.a. Hurricane Hazel. Oh, I like it even more. Mm Mm-hmm. It was a moniker she would receive for her, quote, brash political style. (laughs) From everything I read, like, she takes no shit. And uh, I, you know, like I said, I don't know much about Canada. I don't know much about Canada's politics. But from everything I've read, she seems fucking solid. So I hope she is. Um, Also, Hurricane Hazel. I mean, what a nickname, right? Yeah, that's incredible. I want a nickname. Is Melanoir not good enough for you? I call you that because you're like a, a Belgian Malinois. In, I do in your like that one creative a Creative mania, but Malinois is just perfect. I do love that. I really do call you that like around the house. Okay, take it back. <laughs> so, dear Hazel, she wasn't always working in politi- politics. Um, she actually pursued a career in professional hockey where she played two seasons and even lost two teeth after taking a stick to the mouth. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Badass. So when she moved to the Toronto area, there wasn't a professional women's team and she would have to leave her beloved hockey career behind. But it would be her role as mayor that would define Hazel's legacy, because after only a few months into her first term, a train derailment would rock the city of Mississauga. Oh, shit. Mm hmm. Can you imagine like you're the mayor? Here's a train derailment. (laughs) Here's a fun fact about your very own podcast that you probably don't know. A movie about a train derailment is why I wanted to start this podcast. Which one? Um, Oh, gosh. What's it called? Hold on. There's a bunch of kids and they're like making a pretend. Like it's not pretend. Hold on. Train derailment. Movie. Trusty Google. Yeah. Um, I love it. It's not unstoppable, though. I should watch that. Super 8, I think. Yeah, it was Super 8. Um, we were watching that earlier this year, and there's a big train derailment, and I was just like, I just love this shit, and I just want to make a podcast so I can just talk about train derailments all the time oh i love a little origin story now i have to go watch it and then i got to thinking about it and i was like i really should start a podcast and then i thought about it more and i was like but i need a co-host like i need somebody to like i can't do this myself for so many reasons oh and i was like your 10th choice no you were my first choice you crazy (laughs) ass i thought about everyone that i know and i was like melanie and then i thought but like i don't that's weird like i mean we we were friends but not necessarily 
Oh, you were chumming the waters for sure. Not necessarily at the level of just like, hey, do you want to start a podcast with me? So I got in her mom group and I was like, sometimes I think about starting a podcast about disasters if I only had a co-host. And And you liked it immediately. And I was like, yes, there you are. (laughs) Yes. And look at us. We're like deep into episodes. Like we're not new anymore. No. Well, no, we're not. We get Um, emails. I never did finish the movie, though. God damn it, Brienne. <laughs> Jesus. I've, I've finished like six months of the podcast, but not the movie. <laughs> You've been busy. I like this better. I'll take okay. this over finishing a movie any day. So uh, I'm very excited that we have our first train derailment story. <laughs> Me too. Okay. So November 10th, 1979, a Canadian Pacific train was making its way through Mississauga on a weekly scheduled run from Windsor, Ontario. Among the cargo, some cars were carrying some pretty dangerous shit. In fact, 38 of the 54 train cars that day were carrying chemicals and explosives. Mm -hmm. Considered hazardous materials by the Canadian Transport Commission, these included styrene, toluene, propane, caustic soda, and chlorine. Um, Propane and chlorine, like, I knew what that stuff was. Um, The others I wasn't really familiar with. So I looked them up just to see like, how dangerous is it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I just really wanted the full danger scope. So styrene is used to make things like latex. Sexy, could be dangerous. Um, (laughs) Synthetic rubber and resins. The resins are used to produce things like plastic packaging disposable cups, installation, just to name a few things. All right. Okay. It is indeed dangerous. And it actually is the cause of a recent industrial accident that happened in an LG plant in India this past May. It killed 11 people and left over a thousand people sick. The act. Yeah. The accident happened as they were reopening after a COVID shutdown and the leaks were coming from large tanks that had been left unattended because of the lockdown. So listen, 2020 sucks on all fucking levels. In the case of toluene, it's a solvent used to make paints, paint thinner, model glue, and fingernail polish. Toluene is the stuff for huffers. That's oh my. The, yeah, it's the stuff that makes you high, you know? Stuff for huffers. Mm-hmm. Huffing paint. Huh? I think that should be our episode title. Stuff for huffers. <laughs> I hope that's not our target. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it could be because I just don't want them to do it anymore. Recovering huffers. (laughs) (laughs) That's our podcast. We're we're the the friends of recovering huffers. Friends of recovering. Oh my gosh, I need a badass t-shirt with that on there. Friends of recovering huffers. It's got to be like one of those like white shirts, but like the ringer, you know, and like the collar's like red. Yes, yes, yes. Like real like old school. Mm-hmm. Friends of recovering with, Maybe with like that 70s kind of curvy font. Hey, I love it. We're <laughs> in the 70s right now in this episode, so it's perfect. And some nice clip art of like a glue bottle. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. We've, I mean, we're really nailing down our target audience now. Man, you either love us or you hate us. Um, yeah. So when I was looking this up, Jesus Christ, I'm gonna go to hell. <laughs> I'm gonna go to fucking hell. Um, <laughs> so it's like a toluene, and um, you know when you like Google stuff, the image, the images like pop up. Yeah. And it's all like mug shots with people with spray paint on their face. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> so don't do that shit. We're friends of recovering huffers. If you Just are ready to to walk quit. away from the life, we're here for you. <laughs> Just please stop. We've got the content you need to distract you. Yeah, we'll keep you busy. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got it. Am I okay? <laughs> Breathe, Melanie. <laughs> All right, Jesus Christ. We're not okay. We're not. Oh, this is why we can't take a break. No, this is what happens when we skip a week. We get too happy. All right. Okay. Caustic soda. You know what that is? I mean, it sounds shitty. It's super shitty. (laughs) Um, I feel like I can make some inferences about what it is. Um, it's actually just another name for lye or sodium hydroxide. Oh, and see, if I that's had, shitty. Yeah. <laughs> if I had known that, I probably wouldn't have bothered to look it up, but hey, I did. So, ripped from the pages of Wikipedia, I'll share with you what I read. <laughs> I Ready? feel like lye has been cited in many a true crime podcast and their adjacent friends. All right. Well, here you go. This chemical quote is used to digest tissues. It's a process that was used with farm animals at one time. This process involved placing a carcass into a sealed chamber, then adding a mixture of sodium hydroxide, or caustic soda, and water, which breaks the chemical bonds and keeps the flesh intact. This eventually turns the body into liquid with a coffee-like appearance. And the only solid that remains are bone holes, which could be crushed between one's fingertips. Jesus Christ. Due isn't to that, the Isn't that what happened in Breaking Bad? Mm-hmm. I'll just With wait. The bathtub. Okay. Due to its availability and low cost, it has been used by criminals to dispose <laughs> of corpse. Italian serial killer Leonardo Cinciulli used this chemical to turn dead bodies into soap. Stop. No, she did. Ew. This story, this lady, this whole thing is bananas. She turned people into soap. And then maybe there was a little cannibalism in there, too. I don't know. Is using blood as a food ingredient cannibalism? Human blood? Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like it's too close for my own comfort. That is too... um that's too high on the cannibalism scale for me. <laughs> Are vampires cannibalisms? Ooh, or right. cannib- cannibals? Not good. Not... Cannibals. I... Are vampires cannibals? Dude, I think they kind of are. I mean, so even weird. if the blood thing, even if the answer was no concerning the blood, I mean, there has to be some tissue that, that gets in there. I wonder wow. if we could do a poll. Yeah, consider this our poll. <laughs> Is using blood as a food ingredient cannibalism? Sub question, are vampires cannibals? 
Let us know. I will definitely be making Man, a poll this on this. This episode is all over the place. Oh, it gets really bizarre. <laughs> I swear I don't do drugs, but like by the end of this, everybody's gonna think I was huffing paint with my do you friends. Huff? <laughs> <laughs> Whew. All right. So we have this train. It's carrying a bunch of terrible stuff. So car 33 on this train, it had an older model, what's called a journal box, which required lubrication by oil to avoid friction and overheating. There's a joke in there somewhere, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When it reached the Mavis Road level crossing in Mississauga, the older axle system had run out of lubricating oil. The friction had increased until the axle overheated, causing the stub of the axle to break off, losing a pair of wheels on this train car. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Just before midnight, the Canadian Pacific train derailed at car 33, and the 23 cars behind it followed. <gasps> of the 24 cars, 19 were carrying that dangerous shit we were just laughing about. Um, <laughs> nice. 27-year-old brakeman Larry Krupa was working with his father-in-law, who was the train's engineer that night. Quick on his feet, Larry fucking raced to the back through the gas explosions. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. To shut down the um, he, he like somehow managed to shut down the air brakes on car 32. Jesus. Yeah, it's like big balls. Huge fucking balls. So by doing this, this allowed the engineer to release the air brakes and drive the front portion of the train that was still on the tracks away from all the fire and explosions. Wow. Crazy. That guy is like, he's like in some like train hall of fame now. Like, I don't understand. He's not. He certainly should be. This episode needs to be a movie i don't understand why they haven't done a movie over this because it this content is just it just kept giving all right so you got your serious action movie vibes um one of the explosions actually hurled a 90 ton tanker car filled with liquid propane more than 2200 feet away witnesses said it looked like a rocket and for scale and since we are in canada 2,200 feet is the same length as 11 NHL ice rinks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe that Keeping right? Keeping it Canadian. I like it. Yeah. So the midnight sky also allowed the explosion to be seen over 60 miles away. It was so bright that this was actually what first alerted some of the firefighters who immediately rushed to the scene. There was also a firefighter living it up at a wedding reception 30 minutes away in Georgetown. Racing to the side of the derailment, there was no time to change. And underneath his fire gear, he, like, wore his tuxedo. (gasps) How is this not a movie? Right? Between, like, your wedding story and this wedding (laughs) story, it really puts a whole new spin on the term wedding disaster. The only tuxedos that were going places at my wedding were to the Taco Bell drive-thru, though. I love that. Oh, I want some Taco Bell right now. It sounds so good. All right. So fire chief Gord Bentley, which is a cool fucking name. There's a That's lot a of really great cool... fire chief name. There are so many cool names in this episode. He said, quote, 
In the first half hour, there were two early on, and then there was another massive explosion. It's called a blevy, which is boiling liquid expanding vapor explosion. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Every time one was imminent, you could tell there would be a very loud hissing, screaming noise. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. They quickly inventoried the derail cars while all of this madness is going on um, and whatever potentially hazardous cargo that they were carrying. Once they realized that the chlorine car was in the middle of the wreckage of derail cars, they immediately knew they had this huge fucking problem on their hands. So very quickly, vehicles with PA systems were dispatched to surrounding areas announcing an evacuation to the immediate residents around the site. The city brought in their transit buses and drivers, 40 in total, to help with the initial evacuation efforts. Sleeping residents were awakened with no time to grab personal effects. Um, This is another reason, Brianne, why you should wear your clothes to bed when you're sleeping. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) no promises. Um, Resident Joan Higginbottom said, quote, I turned around and I looked at my house when I realized it could all blow up. Mm. Her younger daughter did manage to sneak out her favorite Raggedy Ann doll, though. Oh. This reminded me so much of my kids. I know I've talked about this before when we do hurricane prep and they all like take whatever comfort items and stuffies they have yes. and they jam it in our very small safe space. Oh. But it's really, babies. you know, you got to think about like that, though, because that probably like. When your life is just like altered so fast, like just to have that one thing probably is so comforting, you know? Wow, that would be a problem in my house. Adelaide has never really had any type of lovey in particular. You're her lovey. Uh, There's no lie, though. That's true. Unfortunately, my foster daughter's is a big teddy bear named Mr. Big Bear, who is about the size of... A, a very large dog, like a very, like a huge German Shepherd. I think I've seen that bear when you like had it set uh-huh. up on your table. Have yes. I told you my Costco bear story? I don't think. So. Well, may, tell me again. I may have posted it in the mom group years. This is years ago. Um, I think it, at the time I just had two. You I don't know how long I may have been stalking you though. Yeah, I just had Ava and. <laughs> Yeah, it was just Ava and Aria. Um, we, on a whim, bought one of those giant fucking Costco bears. <laughs> and I was potty training Aria. And she fucking pissed on it. Oh. Oh, no. So, what I did was decide to give it a bath. All right. Oh, in the tub? In the tub. Melanie. And so I gave it, well, I couldn't. Throw it in the fucking wash. That thing is massive. Like you could barely fit it in like our car. So I'm giving this this bear a bath and I got, you know, some fabric softener and I'm, you know, I'm from Kentucky. Like I know how to hand wash it. You know, it's I'm really fucking good at this. So I get it clean. And what I didn't realize is. When those things fill up with water, (laughs) it's about as fucking heavy as a school bus. 
I couldn't I'm get learning out from you in case this ever happens with her because this that is like unfortunately her main like lovey, which is um, very inconvenient. That bear sat in our bathtub probably for a week before I could get it like wrung out enough to take oh. it outside. Did it get moldy? No, we still have it. Thank God. His name's Charcoal, and he's he's doing good. He's alive and well. He has not been pissed on in a long time. <laughs> but if that were to ever happen, because I have had it happen to another large stuffy, it's easier just to cut a seam, pull all the stuffing out, throw it away, because stuffing is cheap. Wash it's the true. outside. That is true. People don't think of that as an option, but it is. It is. And just restuff it. And, you know, they lose their their, you know... They're fluff after a while, so it's just mm-hmm. kind of like a, it's a makeover. Mm-hmm. It's a fluff up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. It's okay. I'm on a roll tonight. Yes. Okay. So, things went from bad to worse that morning when a change in wind penders started to carry the toxic chlorine gas to areas not evacuated. Barry okay. King, the the Peel Police Staff Inspector said, quote, seven o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning, we had a helicopter brought in so we could take a look to see where some of the smoke was going. And as soon as they got up and called, they said, we got a problem. They said that stuff is going straight right into the Mississauga General Hospital, right oh, into shit. all the intakes of the roof. And that's a 500 bed hospital. Oh, it was all going straight into the fucking hospital. Oh, that's really bad super bad like bad it's like the worst thing yeah like oh it can't get any worse of than all that. places to go okay so they were able to obtain 135 ambulances from surrounding areas and they actually were able to evacuate the entire hospital under two and a half hours. Oh, my God. Which is incredible. Yeah. That is fucking incredible. Because that's including, like, ICU beds. All of it. It was wow. a huge, that's a huge hospital. Yeah. All in all, more than 200,000 uh, people, it's like 240,000 people were evacuated. Jeez. Making it, like I said, the largest peacetime evacuation ever until Hurricane Katrina 26 years later. Not everyone followed the evacuation order, though. Creature of habit and veteran Mississauga reporter John Stewart went to Tim Hortons for breakfast that morning, okay. as he usually did before going into work. Okay. I, I like how you have to, like, introduce him as creature of habit. Mm-hmm. It's like on, on The Bachelor when they, uh, like, don't have a job and it's like, Katie dog lover <laughs> creature of habit creature of habit john stewart not that john stewart other john stewart okay um i want to know if we have any horrible ghouls in canada like is well you've been to canada is tim hortons a big deal uh I it believe seems it, is. it seems like a very it is big in deal michigan and michigan is basically canada so uh, they have them in the states because i know uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know that. At least they used to. I don't know if they still do. Oh, my God. So I was like, he just kept talking about Tim Horton. So I was like, well, <laughs> let's see what's on the fucking menu, right? Um, they it's have like these a, things. Dunkin' Donuts, basically. No way. There's no way. They have these things. They're called Timbits. And they're like, they look like donut holes. And they have some that are like 
full. I want to try them so bad. They have like a raspberry filled Timbit. Um, there's, I don't even, I think this sounds good. A sour cream glazed Oh, that sounds wonderful. Doesn't that sound delicious? Yeah. I don't know which one would taste better. I've definitely had Tim Hortons, but I don't think I've had those specifically. You've had Tim Hortons? I want Tim Hortons. I really want them. You've never even had it. (laughs) I I looked at the pictures. I need someone to tell me that they're actually disgusting. So, like, Cody kept looking over my shoulder. He's like, I thought you were researching. Why are you looking at those things? You're torturing yourself. People don't know the rabbit holes that are part of researching. You just get sucked into them. It's stupid shit. I mean, 20 minutes on Tim Horton's menu (laughs) to see what John Stewart was eating. Wow. You know? So he was on his way to Tim Horton's and he goes to pull. probably going to get some Timbits. He was, you know what? Speculation. But he was getting some motherfucking Timbits. Oh, yeah. I know it. Well, he, he could wild horses and derailed trains couldn't keep that man from his timbits. You know what could? What? A locked door. You oh, couldn't shit. get in. It was closed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, poor John. So when he realized that Tim Hortons was closed, like the Tim Hortons, that's when he realized that this train derailment, it was serious business. <laughs> That's when he realized? That's when he realized. That's what he said. I saw the interview with my own eyes. Oh, oh my God. That that kind of has some parallels with my evening. We had a uh, random power outage here earlier. We have power outages here constantly. I don't know why, but we have them all the time. We had one earlier, and it was right at dinner time. And I was like, well, we're just going to have to go like pick up something because... We can't cook. We don't have any power. Um, and But no one around us had power. So, like, all the restaurants and, and, like, fast food places were also shut down. Oh, yeah. I always forget about that. Yeah, me too. That's the worst, too. Like, when you go to, like, the power's off, but you still, like, out of habit, go to hit the mm-hmm. light switch. Yep. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have even been able to get any Timbits tonight. Yeah, so that's when he was like, "This is this is serious business." <laughs> Tim Hortons is closed. Um, so John did what any other reporter would do. Um, as evacuations were being issued in Mississauga, he hid in the newspaper's dark room so he could continue covering the disaster in the soon-to-be deserted city. That's he said, mm-hmm. "Said I never even thought of my safety." I was just so focused on what I was supposed to be doing. Wow. But you thought about your Timbits. You know what it was. <laughs> he didn't get his Timbits. He was hungry. And when you're hungry, uh-huh. you do irrational things. He, like, he just had to like hulk out. Like journalism hulk out. He's like, I'm going to go into this toxic infested city <laughs> and get the scoop. <laughs> God damn it. So... <laughs> The emergency response team was led um, by a team of officials, and they were nicknamed the Think Tank. It was led by Solicitor General Roy McMurdy and included our mayor, Hazel McCallion, Deputy Minister John Hilton, Peel Regional Chair Frank Bean, Police Chief Bean. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I giggle, too. I love the names of the story. It's the 
best. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like real life. Um, Deputy Police Chief William Taggart, Police Superintendent Carl Barnhart, Fire Chief Gordon Bentley, the tuxedo-wearing Deputy Fire Chief Arthur Warner, <laughs> and that was his son who was getting married that night. Um, he, I, he has since passed away, and oh. I found his obituary. But they called him the best dressed firefighter, and I thought that was the oh cutest thing ever. Canada, you are so wholesome. And on his off time, he was Santa Claus. Of course he was. He started growing his beard out early, so it would be perfect by December. Why did he die? I didn't look. It was making me really sad. I It was old. He was older. Like, he was, I think he, 83, you I know, care. so... I know they. It's sad. It's sad. But I just thought that was such a neat little that is tidbit. So, um, yeah, Arthur Warner, and then Chief Fire Inspector, another cool name, Cyril Hare, ooh, and a bunch of Canadian Pacific officials because you know trains. The biggest concern besides the obvious safety of the residents came down to that one chlorine car. Chief Fire Inspector Cyril Harris said, quote, There was a hole in the end of the tank car, but the escaping chlorine, because of the intensity of the fire, the escaping chlorine was, and then he paused, it's an oxidizer. It was consumed in part of the fire. So all that burning gas that was going up was actually combining with the chlorine and taking it away. Oh. Letting some of the smaller fires burn out on their own, they raced to find a solution for the leaking chlorine car. Astonishingly, the company that makes and produces like the actual train car, not the stuff that's in it, but the physical train car, Procourt, it was located less than half an hour away from the train derailment site. In oh, uh, wow. Oakville, Ontario. How lucky that's is that? Weird. Yeah. Um, Oakville, Ontario. Fun fact: that's where uh, Tim Horton's headquarters is. <laughs> so bring it back, y'all. I had no idea this is going to be such a Tim Horton centric episode. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll stop. I promise. <sighs> if I had ten minutes, stop on my account. <laughs> Since Procourt had um, the specs for the tank car right down to the curvature of it. They were able to whip up a sort of like cap for the tank car. That cap was then lifted by a crane and placed on the chlorine tank car like an oversized Band-Aid. They just like made it? They They just whipped one up in the shape of the thing. That just kind of wrapped over it. So they they took a crane, they lowered it, you know, just kind of bandaged over it. And then they took chains and you know, to wrap it and hold it in place so it wouldn't leak. It's just so cool. So the fires at the site, they burned for more than 50 hours before they were finally extinguished. People worried about the state of their homes and for some, their pets that they had to leave behind. Like I said, it was like, I'm, guys, take your pets with you if you can. Like, yeah. but sometimes, you know, you don't know the situation. So I'm not judging. It sounds like, they were like, get the fuck out of here right now. Yeah. So resident Sam Riddle feared for his 40 racing pigeons. Uh, what? 
Mm-hmm. So he left his wife as collateral at a police checkpoint in exchange for an escort what? to go feed his 40 racing pigeons. Hold on. He left his wife as collateral for to his, go feed his pigeons. His 40 racing pigeons. They're not just pigeons. They're racing pigeons. <laughs> and listen, I get it. Pets are family. But if my husband left me as collateral for some fucking pigeons, uh, better be bringing I, me back some timbits. I, I feel like we can't possibly spend enough time on that detail. I feel like no matter what we do, it will be shortchanged. Racing. Like, is that like... You can Some just leave seed. your spouse as collateral? That's a thing? It's an option? See, you're hung up on that. I'm more hung up on, like, the racing pigeons. Like, is that some, like, back alley, like, underground gambling thing? I I mean, probably. I. I'm what just, are you doing I'm, in Canada? I want to know. <laughs> I'm just imagining a situation, like, where we go to Target and, like, my husband forgets his wallet and we're, at, like, at the cash register and he's like, look, look. Let me just leave my wife here while I run to the store. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm not over this at all. <laughs> it's really messed up. Okay. I, I, I guess we can move on. I don't want to. All right. The Ontario Humane Society also had their hands full. They traveled into the evacuation zone to feed an estimated 10,000 cats, dogs, gerbils, and other pets that had been left behind. How long was were they evacuated? Uh, like six days. Oh, my God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So someone needed to get in there. Yeah. You know. So there you go. By the sixth day, the rest of the chlorine and most of the contamination was removed and residents started returning home. Police officers made cardboard <laughs> sorry. Police officers made cardboard signs at the entrances of the city where people were coming back that read, Welcome home. <laughs> this is the most wholesome disaster. And I guess they stood on the corner waving at everybody just Oh my god. <laughs> Welcome home. Welcome oh home. Oh <laughs> my god. So, <laughs> I'm so glad you did this. Me too. I needed a, a pick me up. So, everyone was ready um, to get back to their everyday lives and finally have a change of clothes. And I'm not sure if you caught this, but there were no deaths and no serious injuries in this disaster. I mean, I guess I assume since you introduced this as a wholesome disaster right out of the gate that you probably wouldn't say that if people died. <laughs> I hope. Do you know me? I, I mean, I yeah. might have. Yeah. And then you'd blame one of them. Yep. Um, yeah. No deaths. No serious injuries. In fact, the only injury reported was one that Mayor Hazel suffered. While surveying the wreckage, Hazel fell into a ditch and twisted her ankle. Um, Hurricane Hazel was now hobbling Hazel. And there's actually a really adorable photo of Ontario Provincial Police Deputy Commissioner Jim Erskine carrying her princess style to a press conference. Because she, she had a bum oh, ankle. Princess style. 
I'll post the picture. It's really cute. Like he's just holding her and they're like giggling. I'm looking it up right now. Let me, it might be easier. It's kind of hard to track down. So I am going to send it to you. Because I already saved it to make sure I had it. Okay, there you go. Check your messages. But it's so cute, and they're just oh my god! Doesn't it just make your heart want to explode? Yes. I'll post it on social media for everybody else. But it's not supposed to be a feel-good podcast. What are you doing, Melanie? (laughs) I think we needed something light. You're right. Isn't it the cutest? She is adorable. adorable. Mm-hmm. I think so too. That's why I'm like saying I don't know much about um, Canada politics. I hope she's as do- adorable and wholesome as she. I mean, is she she's still alive. Well, let's Dude, keep. She's going. still alive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not, Hold on. She's, wait. She's, wait. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Zip sorry, it. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I zipped. Yes. Spoiler alert. She's Sorry. still alive. <laughs> Continue. I'll shut up. I'm done. It'll get good. I promise. Oh, wait a minute. It is good. Um, Where was I at? Um, Hazel got carried princess style. Okay. So last year she talked about the Mississauga miracle, which it was coined in a documentary called Tested by Fire. She said, quote, We had an emergency plan, and it worked. (laughs) What a a, concept. mm -hmm. We have a much better one now. Oh, damn. One of the successes of the Mississauga derailment was that we kept the people fully informed. We didn't hold back anything. We told them exactly how serious it was. Secondly, we even monitored every newspaper. We monitored the radio and TV to make sure the information we were giving up was not twisted that it was the facts wow so pretty cool she's she's a tough cookie so six months after the derailment frontline workers still suffered from coughing and green phlegm this was unsettling to hazel who immediately after finding out called and demanded that the government get the ministry of health or occupational health and safety to do a test on them straight away. Like she wants her people taken care of. The derailment also led to legislation. Can you say that word to for me? Derailment? Legislative. Legislative? Yeah. Changes. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Although Mississauga had an emergency plan in place, most surrounding communities did not. The province legislated woohoo, that every... <laughs> municipality see i can't two in a row i practice this municipality yeah thanks that they have an emergency plan going forward industry standards also change with trains as well as transportation of hazardous goods new rules on the tank car design wheels and the railway bearings were all implemented Changes were also made on the hazardous material placards. I know you see them, like if you're passing a train, they have like, like on the side um, and the identification on the train car. So like if they're a crash, they can tell 
you know, what's what. Yeah. John Stewart, the sneaky reporter from earlier, gifted us with the best pun ever when he talked about the chlorination of Hazel McCallion as the new mayor. No. I want to be his friend so bad. I feel. Oh my God. (gasps) I saw that and I wanted to die. The chlorination. (laughs) This, this episode is too good to be true. Uh, Me double checking that it's actually recording. (laughs) (laughs) So. Her actions and handling of the disaster would pay off politically, and she remained the city's mayor from 1979 until she finally hung up her hat and did not run for re-election in 2014, after serving as mayor for an incredible 36 years. Oh my gosh. Amazingly, the city managed to be completely debt-free for over three decades Jesus. until 2012 when there needed to be some infrastructure updates. Can you imagine just living in a place debt free? No. Oh, America. Oh my God. It's crazy. Pull it together. <laughs> so here we go. Yes. Hazel is still alive. She turns a hundred years old this Valentine's day. Which is of Hazel Day there, and on, on Day. and they have Hazel Day. They have on, Hazel Day in Ontario. They have Hazel Day on February fourteenth. So if Tell you hate, me, why do we live here? I don't know, but if you hate Valentine's Day, you could have Hazel Day. I mean, I'm indifferent to Valentine's Day, but but Hazel Day. People hate Valentine's Day. There's people I that know. hate it. I know, but Hazel Day. You can't hate Hazel Day. No, no, no. I need to not. So, when she turns 100 years old, to honor her accomplishments for the city of Mississauga, they will be renaming the city's central library to the Hazel McCallion Central Library. After the train derailment, the local... Wait, let's just pause right there. Isn't that cute? Yes. She gets a library. I know she... They said she has, like, buildings and stuff named after her, but nothing, like... In the city of Mississauga. It's I really... love her. I love everything about this. Adorbs. Super adorbs. <laughs> um, after the train derailment, the local newspaper printed a certificate because, like I said, the most wholesome disaster ever. Um, that urged residents to, quote, clip this out and hang it on your wall. You deserve it. The certificate read, quote, I'm a Mississauga survivor. This is to certify that, fill in the blank, is a charter member of the 240,000 Club. On or about November 11, 1979, the above-mentioned resident of Mississauga took part in the greatest evacuation in North American history. Within 24 hours, we emptied Canada's 10th largest city, All 240,000 of us survived exploding railway tanks and escaping chlorine gas. We were embraced by thousands of good Samaritans. And we discovered just how long you can survive in one change of clothes. And we never (laughs) want to do it again. Oh. Isn't that great? Yes. And if 
the newspaper clipping wasn't enough, there was a t-shirt too. And I want this t-shirt. I don't know if maybe I can reimagine it and create it, but I, I, I have, I will have this shirt. It says it's really cute. It's yellow and it's just like your basic late seventies. Like it's just black print, you know, Yeah. basic font, like nothing fancy. And it says Mississauga evacuation. And then there's like a big circle with a tank car and it's like split in half. Oh, my God. And underneath it says, tanks for the memories. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Why do we live here, Melanie? I don't know. And that is the Mississauga have, train derailment. We have to leave. This is where we'll go. Oh, oh my God. God, this is definitely going to be the episode that I tell people to start with if they need something really, really, really (laughs) mild, heartwarming. (laughs) I had a lot of fun. This is a high watermark for heartwarming times on this podcast. Man, I love some Canadians. And I still want Tim Hortons. Look, when I saw this, like, what happened on November 11th, I was like, oh, this is a train derailment? Like, I'll look into it. And then I was like, you know, I saw the reference to, you know, Hurricane Katrina and then being Louisiana. I was like, well, I'll do a little more digging. I did not know I was going to stumble upon, you know, firefighters in tuxedos. 40 Racing Pigeons, Tim Hortons. I didn't know it, but this I'm glad it happened. Adorable puns. A hundred-year-old yeah. lady being... being Getting a library a, named adorable after Adorable and getting carried princess style. Welcome freaking home signs after a disaster evacuation. <laughs> <sighs> it's, uh, it has to be the greatest disaster of all time. It's the cutest one, that's for sure. It is the cutest disaster. Oh, okay. I had a lot of fun, Brianne, this, with this one. This may have been the funnest episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be laughing for a while. Oh, well, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Huffers, recovering Huffer. huffers. <laughs> Friends of recovering huffers. <laughs> So we'll, I'll make two t-shirts. <laughs> this is going to be our first merch. Our, our Huffers merch. We'll have Huffer merch, and then we'll have Tanks for the Memory. Oh. And I bet Canada will let us will let us plagiarize them. I bet they don't even care. Um, yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. We're American. Like, would you expect expect anymore (laughs) no we have no class oh well i'm gonna head off to bed so sweet dreams for no dreams yeah good night good night hey horrible ghouls hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you would like to share your personal mark safe moment you can send it to us at marksafepodcast at gmail.com 
Please give our podcast a rate, review, and subscribe, and tell your buddies about us too. That goes a long way. If you want to further elevate your support, check out our Mark Safe Patreon page, where we have shoutouts, goodies, and some bonus content in the works. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and as always, stay safe.